previously on The Crown, we met the new cast. New Queen Elizabeth, new Princess Margaret, new Prince Philip, new everybody. And within the kayfabe of the show, a new Prime Minister. And is he a spy? No. Even though Queen Elizabeth thought he was. But we just kind of set the table for what's to come this season. So let's see how things play out this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. We're back. Yet again, The Crown, Season 3, Episode 2. We're, we're doing a little studying today. Going to school for Margaretology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you familiar with it at all, Dave? I mean, I yes, I am, as a matter of fact, now. <laughs> yeah, we, we learned today. Uh, we went to the school of Margaretology. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Dave, is there any updates in the world about The Crown or Downton that we should talk about? Uh, unless I missed something big, I don't think so. I think we're still kind of recovering well, from... A, a new season four trailer for The Crown came out yesterday. Okay, this is irrelevant to me. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers on history. That happened. Well, I don't know where the one picks up and the other leaves off, so I don't want to go... That's fair. You know. Well, spoiler alert, this season carries through to the current day. This is this current season? This current season three, yeah. So season four to is six the future, are just going to be... Actually. Yeah, it's just going to keep going into the future. Project the Queen Elizabeth at like 105. They're going to have her hologram. They've already made it, and they're going to have it star in the next couple seasons. Then we can seasons. get Claire Foy back if it's like deep fake holograms. Why not? You know? <laughs> I'm sure there's an audience out there for it. Us. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? But Nothing in the Downton Abbey world, right? No. It's it's pretty pretty quiet out there on the Downton front. They're all just kind of covering their butts after Jim Carter went and spoke too soon. I mean, is it a matter of that he he spoke too soon, or they just no one actually knows something, and Jim Carter thinks he knows something, but maybe he's mistaken. I don't. Well, I guess we'll find out. But I, I mean, did. A, we know there's a sequel being made. It's just like, is there really a script? I mean, come on. I mean, there's probably a script. It's Julian Fellows. He seems to have a million but, things going so, on. So if if Julian Fellows had to choose who got the script, he, he's given it to Jim Carter first. <laughs> That yeah, true. Well, I guess the, I would say probably Jim Carter over one of the busier actors. I just give it to somebody that can actually take the time and be with it. I mean, considering that Branson is such a big person in the the movie, and how loose lipped he is in all those uh, interviews and stuff, I'm surprised anyone hasn't hit him up yet for any in- intelligence. You know? Yeah. Who knows? I will say on the Downton Abbey front to follow up on something from last week. I watched mm-hmm. the trailer for Jingle Jangle. <laughs> Oh, what do you think? It looks oh. bizarre. <laughs> Again, this is the movie starring Hugh Bonneville, Forrest like Whitaker, he's like fifth build, <laughs> Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin as a puppet of himself, <laughs> and a robot. This is a movie that is coming out. So um, it seems like Hugh Bonneville plays like an Ebenezer Scrooge, like a, a someone who loans mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker money. But he looks like a nice guy in it, though. I guess so. I mean, he, he's fifth build, but he's all—he's fifth build, but he's the first person you see in the trailer. So it was Whitaker and, the, and a little girl. Then who's the the bad guy trying to steal? Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. That's correct. <laughs> From Key and Peele. Uh, what what uh, a 
What an but, interesting cast. I, I love the drop, though. You know, Academy Award winner, Forrest Whitaker, Emmy nominee, Hugh Bonneville. <laughs> Puppet, Ricky Martin. <laughs> yeah, Grammy Award winner. I, I love it when a movie, like, on its face looks terrible, but they really got to qualify it. Like, we got these actors who won awards, were nominated for awards at one point. That, look, there's people in here who matter. <laughs> so tune in. And we will. Hey, we will watch Jingle will. Jangle, a Christmas adventure, <laughs> in the next month or so. Whenever it drops, we're ready. Yeah, I mean, Netflix originals, I, we're, we're watching one right now. And I guess speaking of that, do you want to segue into this episode? Yeah, well, let's go to school. Yeah, well, we don't quite start in school, but we start with a schooling of sorts. Tommy LaSalle, right? You know what I I'm back. <laughs> well, can he really be, than <laughs> Can he really be back when he's never left? <laughs> well, this, uh, we'll get into it later, but this, LaSalle leaves a footprint in this episode. I mean, uh, arguable. But but <laughs> you just start to think, do they just like this guy, this actor? Do they just like to have I, him around I, on I set? I love Pip <laughs> He's cool. Because, like, why do they keep bringing him back? It, it just, like, I mean... He doesn't have to be brought back, but they do it anyways, and they create storylines around him. I think he carries a presence of uh, importance to him that I think a lot of these actors don't quite care. I don't think Nadine mm-hmm. does that. No, that, or Adine, whatever I mean, his name is. Adine, yeah. Right, and I don't think he's supposed to be viewed that way. But the thing that's bizarre to me is, does aging just not apply to um, to Tommy LaSalle? Like he he's does- like Doc Brown. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've seen him in the future, and he's the same actor. It's just, just it's a just, little bit of a more salt and peppery hair towards the end. He's back, and he's talking to Princess, or he's talking to the Queen, Princess Elizabeth at the time. Mm-hmm. He's saying, and and I didn't know, um, c- clarified something that I didn't know I needed clarification on what mm-hmm. the term heir apparent means. Well, the, wait, clarify it for me, because I, I let me see my assumption, because I wasn't listening closely. It's the person who's born by the king, who's the first in line to be the the throne taker, right? And then the heir yeah. apparent after that is would be the the child born after that. Yeah, hold on, let me. Jeez, what's in there? It's like tangled up. I didn't hear anything. No, well, you wouldn't hear that. Um, yeah, so uh, is it heir presumed and heir apparent are two terms that they use in this sequence? Yeah. So I think basically what they're saying is the heir presumed is like, you are presumed to be the queen, the, the next monarch unless your mother gives birth to a son. Mm-hmm. And then becoming from instead of heir presumed to heir apparent basically means your mom's not having any more kids. That's so that ship has sailed. So I, you know, this is one of those things you hear heir apparent in like business. You hear, you know, in a show like Succession, you hear the heir apparent is yeah, the I'm oldest a, son. But I'm, I'm familiar with the concept. It's just yeah, the finality of like when they can't bear any more children. I guess that that's when it becomes finalized. I, I wasn't familiar with that. No, part no. If it. only Downton Abbey had used that terminology in the episode where Cora gets pregnant and slips on the soap, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, well, then again, I guess they never really closed the door on her being pregnant, right? <laughs> well, I mean, down maybe Abby too. Not the movie. Patmore, um, 
What's her name? We'll see in the sequel. O'Brien closes the door on her having that baby for sure. Well, that one, but we don't know about in the future. <laughs> That's true. I guess like 65-year-old Cora could. Stranger <laughs> things have happened. Why not? They, they barely age in the, that show. Um, so anyways. Back to this. Yeah. yeah. Elizabeth uh, is, is taking this news, but it seems like Margaret wants this news. Kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> they, they, I, I think we're planting the seeds that Margaret is always the showboat. Right. She, she's all about herself, not about the crown or anything. It's about, about her atten- attention on her. Uh, I mean, she suggests she says, that she thinks she could do it. She, she knows she could do it. She says can do it, wants to do it, was born to do it. She'd be good at it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. do you even know what the power means? Do you want this power? He's like, you don't even know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Were you listening at all to what Tommy LaSalle was saying? No. <laughs> well, I mean, she was outside the door. Margaret was pacing. Right. She was not listening at all. Man. But this right. is a fun little flashback beginning. Also, I don't think we've seen these actresses before as their younger selves. Like, we've seen flashbacks, but not these two girls. I, I, I don't, don't think, think we've seen flashbacks to them as teens, like kind of kids, no. right? Yeah, because as kids. we see young Jared Harris, <laughs> do, you know, dark, ha- darkened hair. I like the idea though, as you get older, you start to do flashbacks to older versions of yourselves. Like I don't think about when I was five anymore. I think back to when I was 13. And then when I'm going to be in my fifties, I'll start thinking about when I was in my, my twenties, you know, then they'll bring back Claire Foy. Right. Exactly. Last season. They'll come back around eventually. <laughs> Yeah, so we uh, we see that sort of flashback to set the tone that Margaret wants some of that power. She kind of wants to be the the center of attention. Which I don't know, know how, how how you feel about this, but it feels awfully convenient for for whatever they're constructing this episode because there hasn't really been so much as like a whiff of that over the previous two seasons. And I mean, we see that she's um, she feels cast aside for sure, but we never get any sort of clarification as to what and why, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a little bit of understanding that her being second in line means she doesn't get her own way, and we see that with uh, Townsend the entire time and her frustrations there. But it never leads me to think she wants to be the queen. She just kind of exactly, wants yeah, to. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's what I that's what I think. I was I, we are in agreement on that. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a bit of a bit of a turn, and just knowing from what I know of her public persona, she was a bit of a play girl. So so like it just it's, it seems an odd alignment a little bit. Yeah, but you wonder how much is the symptom and how much is, um, I don't even know where, how much is because she is second fiddle and how much is because she was is truly destined to be that kind of person. And how much you is know? it Peter, Peter Morgan trying to put some pathology to do something that doesn't really need it? <laughs> yeah, who, I guess who knows? The only way yeah. we'll know is when we get to interview Queen Elizabeth, which is happening maybe pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, we're next in line to talk to her, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the heir apparent to the interviewer, right? Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, air presumptuous or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, uh, air in our dreams. Um, so, what is going on with Tony and Margaret at this moment, Dave? They're going to the U.S. of A. Just a nice casual trip to see the whole country. Yep, a little press tour to see all of the all of the country, and then at the very end, it seems like Tony is going to get a little day or two to himself to promote his book of photography in New York. Mm -hmm. It seems to be understood on their end, uh, at least with Elizabeth and some people, that things aren't going too great between them. Mm -hmm. And there's hopes that maybe this trip will help to bring them closer together, make him happier. 
Yeah, I can see. You know, that's uh, kind of. I feel like the royalty use trips as a way to sort of cleanse the soul. Yeah, let's go to Africa. They send Prince Philip on that boat to sort of tame his uh, wild ways and give him a sense of responsibility. Yeah. They send uh, Margaret and Tony to America to fix their potentially broken marriage. I mean, isn't that what we all need, especially in this year of change of scenery? <laughs> yeah, give us, give us send the Lord to grant them to a na- worldwide tour for six months on a royal plane. Well, actually, not a royal plane, if you're... Uh, Margaret and Tony, they're they're sitting first class in mm-hmm. a commercial flight. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, even though they clear out all of first class, so it's not like they're really slumming it. Mm-hmm. it and it's funny because Elizabeth says, you know, or was it uh, Margaret gets annoyed that Elizabeth reminds them to be good and kind to one another. <laughs> and when they're talking about this, Tony Armstrong says to Margaret, "You and I are complicated." <laughs> And, and uh, you know, she's going on about uh, – he, call, he calls her, like, uh, there's something about number one versus number two. And he's like, of course you're number one, Margaret. But it's just like – just hearing these two people speak, it just sounds like no one I ever heard in my life speak. Like, who in a relationship says, like, we are complicated people. This is why we have relationship issues. It's like, <laughs> all right. Wait it's like th- we're on some kind of – fictionalized tale on a television series yeah. about our lives. W- way to think so highly of yourself to say out loud what your de- your damage is. Um, but we get the picture. Things aren't going too hot with them. He- he's a little less jazz handy this episode, uh, uh, Tony. He's a- he's very reserved, actually, all of a sudden. He seems pretty um, pretty beaten down. Yeah, that- that's accurate. It's-, it's playing second fiddle to the second fiddle. Must have its... Uh... Right, and there's only so many people you can have in a choir, right? Yep. <laughs> so many fiddles in the orchestra. Exactly. Are there fiddles in the orchestra? Well, I mean, they call them violins, but a violin is a fiddle, right? Is it? <laughs> or a string I, instrument? I, don't, I really violin, don't know. <laughs> well, when the devil went down to Georgia, that looks like a violin, <laughs> but it's a fiddle. <laughs> if there are any fiddlers or violinists listening, please clarify what the difference between w- a fiddle... When there was that movie, The, the Fiddler on the Roof, what was he fiddling? <laughs> on he the roof. He was fiddling a fiddle. You sure? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, the guy in the yellow card, the fiddler. <laughs> w- really? Okay. Well, the violinist, technically. Okay, we, we've gone way off the course here. There's not even any fiddles in this episode, but there are a bunch no, of people. Yeah, there's, there's pianos and singing and dancing. Metaphorical not, fiddles, yeah. Not fiddle, not literal fiddles. Mm-mm. But we see a but bit this of This is a, kind of a, um, a, a one kind of two-pronged but one plot episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, I mean, do we want to hop to to the other side of it? Yeah, sure. We got we got Lyndon Baines Johnson here. Yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson. He's a he's a character. Yeah. Uh, he's not really making much time at the moment for for Britain. He's a little no. He straight up skips uh, skips Churchill's funeral. Claims to be sick. And might uh, have been. They um, England needs. America to lend them 800 million pounds, million pounds to <laughs> level out the value of the pound itself, correct? That's correct. Are you Dr. Evil there? 800 million pounds. <laughs> well, I was going to say 800,000 pounds, but it's like, that's less than a million pounds. It's yeah. really not that much of a bit. They <laughs> yeah, I can help you out there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's do a Kickstarter for that. Right. Uh, President Johnson, quite the character. He comes in saying, 
no, screw the Brits. I don't like them and never liked them. And you can't screw a man in the ass and expect them to buy you flowers. Which That's my kind of guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, if people are, are aware of the the lore or legend around President Lyndon B. Johnson, this episode I think is having fun with it because it, it's a little accurate. I mean, have you ever listened to any of the tapes he recorded in the Oval Office, Dave? Oh, the one with him ordering pants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about bungholes. His, his, his bunghole? Yeah, <laughs> he loved to say the word bunghole for whatever the reason. Uh, he also liked to talk a, a lot about his Johnson. That That's a real thing. He liked to talk about his thing. Um, I, I feel like where the Kennedys tried to shine a light on this sort of the flaws and how broken, how, you know, like society idolized them, but they were really like impure people who, mm-hmm. who had a lot of problems and clearly didn't end well. LBJ, they're kind of like, okay, so he's like a pro wrestling manager and we're just going to keep him as this sort of loudmouth Southerner. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not wrong. He, he was the senator of, uh, of Texas and uh, the guy marches to the beat of his own drum. He, he There's a, a scene here where they show him urinating uh, and he turns and pivots away from the urinal as he's going to keep talking and that I think that's pretty accurate. That, that, I'm not, not, not making that up. Yeah, LBJ also seems to, um, as Americans who deal with a lot of entertainment based on history, I feel like LBJ is one that doesn't get a lot of attention. Right. I mean, just he's not JFK. He's not um, even like Reagan gets a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just because generationally he's just a little before our age. People are. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's overshadowed by two colossuses in terms of JFK for how beloved he was and then Norman oh, Nixon? Nixon for how evil he Corrupt. was. Yeah, <laughs> and really his lone claim to fame is that he put us in a war that we never should have been in and really hurt our country, and that's probably why people don't think or reflect on him much. <laughs> hey, so did W. Also, well, that's w- not this podcast. Also a one-term president, so that, that's, I mean, one and a half, I guess you could say, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but we get a. This isn't like JFK where he's like a two scene showman. Mm-mm. He's a pretty big deal this episode, LBJ. Yeah. I mean, the debt of Great Britain hinges on America bailing them out. Indeed. But there's a lot of issues towards getting this bailout. Mm-hmm. The Queen really wants an audience with LBJ, but he he's not too keen. And Wilson, well, rather, he won't talk to Wilson. So Wilson goes up to the ladder, up the ladder, and says, "Liz, your highness, we need some help." Yeah. In these past scenarios, we've used the royalty to really help kind of get things over to to win people over. <laughs> that, and that LBJ's fame. like, "Screw the Brits! I ain't going over there." Y'all heard? Yeah. I mean, they invite him to a weekend shooting at Balmoral, and he, he's he's pleased to hear that JFK never got that kind of. Uh, time that personal time with the royal family but he quickly comes to terms with the fact that that's a long flight it's going to be cold you're going to keep me somewhere that's probably old dingy and, and not yeah, he's at a haunted castle yeah so. i ain't going to no damn haunted castle so uh he's just he's not he's not buying he's not doing it but what's the way to get him well before we get to that one second though do we want to note that in terms of consulting uh, on what to offer him, you know, that first offer of the trip to Bermoral for a shooting, 
who was among the people that uh, the queen uh, consulted with. I'm back. <laughs> Better than ever. It's Michael Grigson, another Edith I, X. I was, I was like, oh my goodness. As Martin Charteris. He's back. What a, what a, uh, I guess, logical adjacent move. I mean, we talked about this before, Dave, but I think the next logical step is to get Sir Anthony as uh, as the <laughs> oldest <laughs> Charteris. I mean, at that point, just keep aging them backwards. You know, you you start with Birdie, you go he's on the green button. Yeah, why why not? <laughs> uh, doesn't get to do much in this episode, but we we see him. Well, we know these Downton Abbey actors are are not really uh, high demand, unfortunately, for a lot of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Spratt shows up in some episode. Sure, but another thing where the show just throws these people at you and. I don't know if they expect you to know who they are, but it's like, I mean, other than us... What's a cheap pop? But other than us knowing him, how would we know that's Martin Chateris? How would we know that's Bertie Pelham, really? Uh, what do you mean? Like They don't do say his know? name. They, you know, he's one of the consultants. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He's standing how do we know he's Martin? Um, and how do we know that, that the old bald man with the mustache is a dean? They don't make it clear, but I think it's I think it's implied that when you <laughs> see this group of of servant men lingering around the queen one of the like, three's okay. got to be got to be him the uh, three amigos I, I also like to think that there's just a working assumption out there that we have imdb open to consult <laughs> for all our, all our character purposes and everything when watching well, I, mean, I just i just pop big I was like, oh my god it, it's it's got to be michael gregson he's back <laughs> the brown coats didn't get him he's alive what if he just looked right at the camera and winked oh that'd be great that'd be that'd be delightful uh, well, uh, he he's uh, he's in on this committee that's going to offer LBJ this uh, hunting trip of which he denies. Yeah, so and they, that's pretty much all he does. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so they pivot because the Prime Minister Wilson is just like we we have to do something to to really appease him because we need that money. Uh, and yeah, they turn to who Dave? They turn to Margaret and Tony. Because they're already there. They're already over in the U.S. They say, why don't you go? Yeah. And Margaret says, no thanks. Well, let's recap for a second. Click. What, what has Margaret been up to since she arrived in the U.S.? Oh, she's she's partying. Yeah, she is out on the town, drinking up, smoking everywhere she goes, just uh, living she's life. Living the dream. Yeah, fancy, nice places and everything. She's being doted on. The press is really saying a lot of great things about her, you know. She's relatable. Well, they say that if Queen Elizabeth is a black and white film, Princess Margaret is color. Yeah, and that's where the Margaret altology comes from, you know? Just uh, that that whole carefree carefree living that people want to emulate. Um, we, we see her getting a photo taken in the bathtub. That's a real photo, but it wasn't taken when she was in the U.S. It was taken three years earlier. Uh, but this whole extravagance isn't going well for one of the people though dave it's not going well for tony yeah tony just wants some time he kind of wants to leave he, he's like i don't i don't want to deal with this he says i'm sick of i'm sick of uh not getting any time for me mm-hmm. i want to be in new york and, and she calls him out saying like is the is the real problem that no one recognized you <laughs> and he says it's not easy being second fiddle to a pygmy princess doish doish <laughs> Don't 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 say With that. His jazz hands flailing. <laughs> I'm not gonna be second fatal to a pygmy princess. Um, so she wants him to put aside his competitive narcissism. Uh, 
And he, he's not about to do that. And then she just starts coughing up a lung the next day. She's exhausted. Mm-hmm. I was even reading in her exploits there in the U.S. She famously snubbed uh, uh, the Cleopatra actor, actress. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Very famous actress of the 1960s. Well, good for her. <laughs> well, it was Tony Burton and uh, what's Elizabeth Taylor. She snubbed at a restaurant, which is like huge. Uh, and I think it was infamously like her whole trip to the U.S. was like kind of seen as like, oh, she's just making a fool of herself on some level uh, that of Margaret. So apparently not because she uh, she does some good work. Yeah, I mean, because because Elizabeth says, I think. She says, this is what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And then Margaret says, no, this is Tony's time in New York to to make it, to put his book out and have his book out in the world. Mm-hmm. And and she hangs up on Elizabeth. Yeah. So Elizabeth has to, she, Elizabeth has to rethink her plan for getting Margaret to agree to this. And so she writes a letter to Tony. <laughs> well, she doesn't really rethink it. She just says, this is the demand. Yeah, well, she's kind of like, who the hell does my sister think she is saying no to me that she can't do this? Like, she has to do this. We need her to be be there to do this. And, uh, you know, she communicates that this would... Re- or Well, it's communicated to us that Brandon would be relegated to the third division, uh, as is told to Margaret, and they'd be in financial ruin. So she mm-hmm. has to do this visit, uh, which conflicts with their New York visit. But... um. But they never seem to spend much time addressing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you think you're going to see more Tony with his head down all upset, but it's like, oh, no. No, he seems to read the letter and be like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, in. this is kind of what I signed up for. That's fine. Not, yeah, I understand. Not thrilled, but. Yeah, I'm the fourth fiddle. I, I got it. <laughs> um, so we don't actually even see the dinner. Like, there shows them rolling up and, and, and going to dinner. We don't see it right as it happens. But we see it in the sort of translation, the way that we saw Elizabeth with the Ghanan mm-hmm. prince or Ghanan king. It's a related. Where like, and then to us. this thing happened. Yeah. And it shows um, Margaret uh, subtly talking trash about JFK, saying he was a, a bore, right? Something like that. Right. So, so the the prime minister doesn't even know where to begin when when he's talking to oh, Elizabeth. Oh yeah, this is a a very very strange scene for poor Wilson. Who also I I noticed doesn't have a neck. No, <laughs> no, he, he has a he has a strong waddle game going on. No shame in that for some people, I guess you know. No, no, he yeah. he definitely looks awkward and and strange, which I think is the the point of the character. He doesn't fit in exactly, as we say. He he he's like a you wouldn't notice him in a full room. It's a turtle. Uh, so yeah, he he relays that she made remarks about Kennedy that were not discreet. Uh. We see that Margaret claimed that she was underwhelmed by meeting JFK. Yeah, and we see, you know, everyone in the room kind of goes quiet. There's a record scratch. (laughs) And then I forget exactly what it is, but something picks the room up. It's it's very old, very silly. Yeah. And Margaret kind of confides in Lyndon uh, B. Johnson that, you know, she understands the frustrations of being the number two, which Mm -hmm. he he may understand. Who does number two work for? Yeah. She calls herself the vice queen. And then she kind of playfully says, but I'm not a vice queen. You know, like she doesn't have vices. Uh, that's how I read it. But um, and he, he, he agrees unreservedly. And then, uh, holy moly, does this unfold? 
Yeah, I mean, he chimes in saying that Jack Kennedy would have skinned his mother uh, for, like, attention or whatever, or for his role. <laughs> OBJ uh, is on fire this episode. <laughs> yeah, he's having a ball. And, and as is described to us almost very comedically, this led to a drinking contest, which turned to a limerick contest, and that was off color. And then we hear a bunch of limericks that are rolled off. Dave, you want to take and one it, of them? And it, I didn't write them down what? because I was uh, no, I didn't write them down. I was, I was enjoying this episode in the moment. I wasn't pausing. There was I'm a sorry, woman fans. from Delaware who liked to make me laugh in her underwear, her bum and <laughs> everywhere. That's Margaret, not not me. Okay. Once was a man from Wisconsin, blessed with a big Johnson, and the Wilson clarifies there was no actual follow up to that line. That was just his entire limerick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a lady from Dallas. This is one where he he didn't want to say it. I know you, everyone listening has just heard of the episode, but just so we reconfirm that, that you heard what we heard. There was a lady from Dallas who used a dynamite stick as a phallus, and they found her vagina in Carolina and ass in Buckingham Palace, and that's that's Margaret. Yeah, and the people there go nuts, go. cutting promos. They start dancing. That's how they, that's how they react. Everyone just has a starts to dance, you know. Oh yeah, and there's a there's a musical number in this. There's the anything you can do, I can do better with uh, Linda yeah, Jackson. Yeah, they're really getting into it. I mean, it ends with her giving him a quick peck on the on the lips, and she's even He's she's like, oh yeah, brother <laughs> Johnson, <laughs> Lyndon. Uh, yeah, they're having a good old time, and Elizabeth is kind of mortified by by all of this, uh, and kind of I think half expects to be told that. Nothing's going to come of this. They're not going to agree to anything, but quite the opposite. LBJ's like, take my money, brother. Yeah, where's the checkbook? Open the open the checkbook. <laughs> and they they partied until four o'clock in the morning. I don't doubt it. Fun people. Know how not, fun. I can't even do that anymore. <laughs> when you're with the president and you're with the royalty, why not? I'll I'll stay up till four a.m. Let's do it. Yeah, Donald. Nope. Call us. <laughs> nope. When we interview the queen, that that's when we'll we'll stay up. Uh, oh yeah, she'll she'll be down to to do a limerick contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? It's funny though, because like the way they play the scene, I think it really gets at how Olivia Coleman's playing this role a little bit differently than Claire Foy. Where Claire Foy is like always was felt to me like very reserved the entire time, and that fits with her feeling the pressure of being the queen, and you know being new to this role and everything, but I feel like there's a little bit, a touch of lightness to the way uh, Colin play, plays it, you know, there's a little bit of levity to, to her, like, you know, you know, almost saying like, you know, she's open to being humored a little bit and listening and I don't know, it, it just, she doesn't seem so serious the entire time and so when news yeah, like this comes like she's along. she's kind of lived in this role for a little while. Yeah, so like when she hears this stuff, it's not shocking, she's just like, oh, oh, I see. Oh. Uh-huh. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, Margaret flies back. And Margaret's like, I, I did it. She said, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Queen is grateful. And she says, why don't you start giving me some more of these duties? Yeah, she's like, I don't want any in your, in your uh, little things that you want to hand me in terms of, like, trophies or whatever. I, I want the power. <laughs> Give me the power. I, look at what I've done. Mm-hmm. Look at all that I've done. Yeah, she wants the responsibility, and Elizabeth is she's primed to give it to her. Like, why not? Sure. I mean, you you, you succeeded here. Maybe there's more opportunity out there for you. That's true. 
until from out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. Prince Phil. Yeah. Standing by the fire. I mean, Elizabeth talked to Phil for a moment saying, like, I can't believe this stuff happened. But, hey, it worked out. And, and now, like, you know what? I got to tell you a story. I got, you remember that time I got drunk with Tommy LaSalle? Who, who can't forget yeah. that? <laughs> and, and he's like, the best is he's like, remember the time that I, I, I drank all night with that bore Tommy LaSalle? Like, he insults Tommy LaSalle. Mm-hmm. And he says, for every serious member of your family, there's a goofball. Yeah. He says it a lot more eloquently than that. But he's basically yeah, yeah. saying, for every yin, there's a yang, Liz. So yeah. your dad and was serious. There are two-headed your beast. Uncle. <laughs> yeah. There are two-headed beasts know. currently between Elizabeth and, and Phil, and there ain't no room for another one. And especially given yeah. the odds that there may be a lump one in, in, in their myths, you know, based on how the genealogy goes. Hmm. But he basically says, you know, you think this flashy person is going to be the one to make the change? No. Mm-hmm. Look at your uncle. He's a Nazi. Yeah. So can't, you got got to be careful of who holds the power. Impressive promo from Phil. Yeah. He, he reminds her what's up. But I do like uh, it that he's like, I have never told anyone until this very day what Tommy Lassau said to me. It's like, did you just not tell anyone, or did you just not remember because it was yeah, a like, drunken night? That, it, <laughs> who? Can, it's such a strange thing to say. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> How, why Tommy Lasell is like brought up so much, <laughs> and, and like I just maybe someone can correct me with history, and, and I'm wrong on this, but he plays such a heavy role in the show, and I just can't imagine this guy had that heavy of a role <laughs> being brought up in their day to day lives. I, I don't know, and. So Elizabeth walks out, and the look on her face says it all to uh, to Margaret. She's she's not going to get the power that she wants. It's such a strange scene. Like it mm-hmm. feels like a like a who did Mission Impossible too? Like John Woo is that his name? Yeah, it's, it's a weird slow mo where there's like just a look at on on Margaret's face, and Queen Elizabeth is like trying to avoid eye contact, but there's mm-hmm. wind blowing, and they're outside. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it gets the point across. Like, she reads the face, and she's like... Oh, it, it definitely know. does, but it's so yeah. exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. So, that's pretty and much it. we episode. get another flashback to Tommy LaSalle telling Margaret, like, this ain't... You You ain't the queen. Yeah, you're the sister, so... He says, wait in the wings. <laughs> learn to deal with it. Uh, and yeah, and that's pretty much the episode. I mean, we see her taking her eyelashes off at the end and staring at us like it's supposed to tell us something. I, what did you think of this episode, Dave? I thought it was really good. I thought that um, the, the it was. I think we're establishing Helena Bonham Carter as the powerhouse that uh, that uh, Vanessa Kirby never got to be, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I I just take issue with. And this is, it seems like I may have been teeing this up, but or even kind of saying it earlier. But like, I just take issue with like this characterization of, of Margaret. Like, I just don't ever see how she could have she she wanted this power. I mean, I can understand how you could be envious of your sister when she gets all that she wants and stuff. But for someone who's been so freewheeling from what we've seen and just kind of doing what she wants, anyways, especially after the whole towns and stuff, I just don't see how all of a sudden we're trying to bring it back to man, I wish I had that power or, or something to do. And maybe it speaks more to her marriage and where she is in that marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It, it just seems like an odd take. <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt that it's rooted in reality either because eh. 
you know, it is you're playing second you're playing second fiddle to the the one of the most iconic faces at any given moment in the world. You know, she keeps saying I want my face to be on the the 20 pound note or whatever it is that quote I I don't recall exactly, right. but Right. I mean, she wants the fame. I don't know if she wants the actual role. <laughs> and uh, she's she's definitely born for the spotlight. In yeah. a way that Elizabeth is not. That's very fair. Yeah. But how much of that also comes with inherently being not in the spotlight, <laughs> unable to have it, as yeah. as I said, we were not born equal. Right. Yeah. So th- that but I did enjoy the episode. It was a uh, LBJ was a lot of fun. Yeah. I. I... Now, LBJ. I don't, I forgot the actor's name, but he's a Clancy busy Brown. Man. Oh, Clancy Brown, like that. He's one of those that guy actors. Like you recognize him. <laughs> he's a Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. Oh, really? Because I because I recognized him from Starship Troopers was the thing that I immediately recognized him from. Yeah, he's, and I had to go on IMDb and I was like, "Wait, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> he's in everything. Mr. Krabs is Lyndon B. Johnson." So the only thing about this episode that's not accurate, and I feel like it's it's pretty obvious when you think about the episode for a second. They they condense a lot of the American uh, British relationship. There, there's no reason that. Queen Margaret had to be the linchpin for getting this deal done. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean. Britain did not need this money within a week. It's not like it had like shown up overnight. Like, oh man, I got bills to pay. <laughs> like, yes, it is on the record that Margaret visited the White House and they they had a dinner and everything. But it's not because of that that they got their money back. And nor was that like the main like push to like get the money. Like that entirely was fabricated. And I think that's pretty clear when you think about it. It's like, wait, why can't the Queen fly over there like next week? You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just like, just think about it for a second. Like the Queen could easily make her way over there. They don't need. This it's not water. like she has a job per se. That is her job. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. The show has its way with it, and it ends up being more fun all because of it. Yeah, and and we'll take it. It was good. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, rankings? Sure. Who do you got on the bottom? I got number three. I got JFK. The dude's barely been dead for like a year or so, and they're just still, they're already besmirching his legacy and everything. (laughs) That's fair. Rest in peril. We already know he's a. a, An evil man, yeah. (laughs) And and he is a low ranking individual on our overall power rankings. Mm -hmm. So, shove some more dirt on him. Throwing points at JFK. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Well, number three on the way down, I I have Queen Elizabeth. Hmm. It's not a strong week for the monarch. She's kind of relegated to the back. She can't seem to get the job done for LBJ herself. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that she's kind of, there's a certain, I don't want to say glee, but when, when Margaret screws up, the queen kind of feels like she got something right. Yeah, she knew something You know, all like along. I knew, I knew Margaret couldn't do it, so now I'm going to step in. But Margaret does it, gets it right, so mm-hmm. she doesn't get her moment. Yeah. Well, at number two, I got Tony Armstrong. Same, same. Yeah, same. Yeah, he, he's just being drug along on this trip, and uh, I mean, his book comes out, but it's kind of overshadowed by everything. Yeah, <laughs> so, he doesn't get to to celebrate his story. No, the the, the that is the fiddler on the roof. That is the guy who is being put out of the bedroom and sitting on the roof playing the tiniest little fiddle. That's true. You know, <laughs> diddle. He the went fiddle. down to Georgia looking for a soul of steel. Yeah. Uh, did they make it down to Georgia on that trip? I don't know. I don't, yeah, well, no, the devil's already there, so. Yeah. Well, number one, I got Elizabeth. Uh, she really, I mean, she does have the power to tell her sister sorry, but she even kind of, it, it just goes back to the issues that we saw in season one between the sisters where Elizabeth is put in a spot where she has to be the bearer of bad news to 
her sister just because of the position she's in, you know? And so mm-hmm. there, in some ways, as much as empowered she is by it, she's also helpless and can't do anything about it. And this is a situation where it ain't the best to be the queen sometimes. And you gotta just, you know, take a backseat to royalty with your choices. Oh, that's fair. Well, taking a backseat to royalty is my number one. Wilson, prime minister. Yeah. This is the prime minister. This is like essentially saying like, what if the president and not our current president, because he would do something like this. But what if the president had to go talk to some, an ele- you know, some elected official had to go speak with some linear or lineage based leader, the queen, mm-hmm. and report this like smut from the body, body night. But how how emasculated must he feel? You know, we talked about what was the, the last prime minister who we spent a lot of time with. Macmillan. Uh, Macmillan, like he he never had to go to the queen and be like, well, your sister's made this dirty joke. And there's the Elizabeth at even one point has said, you've already started saying it. Just finish the limerick. Yeah. I, I want to know what happened with this And not to mention, <laughs> he couldn't get the job done himself, so he had to pass it off to royalty. Well, you know what, Dave? Let's just go to the upper rankings because at number three, I got Prime Minister Wilson. He, he got the money. He secured the bag. Okay. <laughs> he wants his donut. <laughs> yeah, he wants it. So they, they, they needed $800 million, and he said, I got an idea. Get that sister of yours in the White House at dinner, and well, he, we got the money. He shouldn't money. get any credit for the, for that. He he came up with the idea because he, he passed the buck. He passed the buck enough for the job to get done. But it's also something where you have to consider. I don't think Elizabeth would ever suggest that because she doesn't have the faith in her in Margaret to actually pull this off. And you know, Wilson knows enough that like, look, we want to get this done down. We want to get it done quick. She's there already. Connect the dots. Let's do it. So. Got the money. Okay. Well, my number three is a sentimental number three. Mm-hmm. You come in, you cut a promo. Oh, get out of here. You get a flashback where Philip says, remember that time? Yeah. This guy cut a promo, and then you end the episode with another promo. It's Tommy Lassau's. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you you like the guy a lot. All right, good for you. There's, there's no <laughs> denying what he says gets through, and he sets the tone, and then... His words by way of Prince Philip mm-hmm. stop Queen Elizabeth from promoting Margaret. And then yeah. he gets the final thing where he's like, know your role, shut your mouth, wait in the wings, get but, out of here. Again, like, this is also coming from Phil, who may be half remembering something from a drunken, boring night. <laughs> who cares? Okay, all right. If someone attributes something that changes the, the course of history to you when mm-hmm. they were drunk hanging out with you, you get the win, even if you didn't do what was done. Well, hopefully it's only good things that come out of those stories. Right. Well, it is for, for Tommy Lassell. Yeah. Well, number, you got a number two. I got Margaret. Me she, too. She pulls That's, it off. Well, let's get, uh, who, who's your number one, Dave? It's got to be Lyndon B. It's, it's Lyndon. He just has a, he has a good time with the, the royalty. He's got enough money to throw away. He, the, he flexes so hard on the Brits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he tells them what's up. and he, He's like, I didn't want to go to that boring old man's funeral. Yeah. He Y'all bore- didn't help me in Vietnam. Yeah. We- excellent decision I'm making for the history of my nation and ethically <laughs> speaking. We'll see how that turns out. We don't know yet. But I'm just going to go piss on my my uh, chief of staff right now because I can. I'm the president. <laughs> uh, the, he, he just comes in swinging. You know, after they made America look like a bunch of buffoons with JFK and, and at, you know, addicts and mm-hmm. and just losers. Yeah. LBJ comes in stinking a Texas. <laughs> Texas says, rattlesnake I'm, he is I'm here baby yeah 
I mean, let's, let's play. But let's circle back to Margaret though, because uh, look, she'd be number one if it wasn't for the fact that she doesn't get more power, which is what she she's craving this whole episode. She wants that power. She, she does gets not a taste. Get it. Gets a little bit of the taste, and kudos to her for for getting the job done and entertaining everyone around. Indeed, good job, Margaret. Also, I didn't really realize Helen Bonham Carter divorced uh, Tim Burton or they're broken up. I didn't know that. Yeah, I knew that. Well, okay. Well, who know? Good, good for her. She she looks she looks young on this show. Like I don't I don't she know. She doesn't look fifty one or however 54, old she was no. when she shot. Well, that's that may be improper to discuss is her age and how she looks. But this is she, Hollywood, baby. We can talk about age. She looks super young. Like she's been around forever, but she looks pretty young. The same. She good definitely looks younger than Olivia Coleman. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I'm excited to see more of this cast and see see where it keeps going. Yeah, I think I need to figure out who's who in the background. But aside from that, I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm game. I'm game. So that that's the crown this week. It's a short episode again. Loved it. I I, I do feel it gets a little formulaic with the way it tees up two storylines and then they cross them into one at the end. It's it's like. It seems like they're doing that episode after episode, so I wish there was a little bit of variation on that. But I'm not complaining about 48 minutes of time. I'm ga- I'm I'm game with that. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see where it goes too. What the, the if every the episode is as formulaic? If we're yeah. turning the show into something much more predictable than it has been. But regardless, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're turning it into a a fiddle instead of a violin. Is that, is yeah, that how that analogy that, I mean, works? I don't know. <laughs> well, I say the queen Margaret is a is a violin and LBJ is a fiddle. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> Our listeners just lost us. They're just like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They're sick of this fiddle talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, what else is there to talk about, Dave? Well, what have we been? What have we been watching? Well, we, I mean, what, we ta- well, well, yeah. What's going on with Ray Mysterio? <laughs> well, he's uh, he's going to SmackDown. And you, yeah, you know, the first question I asked because. We heard Seth Rollins is going SmackDown. The first thing I asked, well, is is his son going there or is Ray going there? They're both going. Well, do you see Seth Rollins? Speaking of cutting promos, had a little promo where he's like, "I'm finally glad to be rid of the Mysterio family." And just a re- and then not but like an hour later, yeah, d- the Mysterio family get drafted. Yeah, just to rewind it back for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about, the WWE runs a draft sometimes where they move their talent to two different nights. For whatever the reason, for ratings pops or to, whatever. To keep the yeah, ratings pops to keep the product fresh yeah. when you know fresh matchups and faces. So for a moment, we thought Seth Rollins would be in a new storyline and not dealing with the Mysterios, but no, the, the entire family got drafted. So this is a no. bizarre draft where one person could get drafted that time. Families can be drafted. Uh, tag teams and packages, not just that stables. <laughs> the not only did Seth and Ray and Dominic Mysterio, but Seth's potentially former underling Murphy mm-hmm. who is in a relationship with Rey Mysterio's daughter also got drafted to SmackDown too. So separately? they're just taking this whole thing. He got drafted drafted a, separately? Yeah. Huh. So the whole gang, it's like, let's just take this whole thing and move it to Friday nights on Fox. Because you know what people want to see? They want to see this family drama that, that's going they on. They want to see this 46-year-old Mexican guy with a mask with one eye. Get tormented by th- this evil man. 33-year-old super fit crazy man all because Rey Mysterio said congratulations on being a father <laughs> and that's that in the world of WWE um yeah Dave you watching any other TV um my co-workers basically peer pressured me into giving out giving Shit's Creek a shot oh okay I know it's kind of like the 
Parks and Rec of this year, the Brooklyn Nine Nine of this year. It's kind of the talk of the town. It kind of swept the Emmys, right? It did, yeah. Everyone so, loves it. I know people say season one is tough to get through. I watched like three episodes in a in a row. Yeah, no, it's that that twenty minute network show. It's like boom, boom, boom. I'm done. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons, and they were fun. Like it's a pleasant show. It didn't have me like dying laughing. There were some funny moments. I I get why people like it. Yeah, it's good. It's just fine. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what am I watching? (laughs) I can't keep. I mean, Lovecraft Country. Just keeping up with that. Yep. All in. I watched this week's The Boys season two wrapped up. Great wrap on the season. That show's crazy. It is so crazy. It is so wild. It is wild. I'm five or six episodes into season one. It is bananas. Season two gets even more bananas. Uh, um, but that's pretty much it. Just just staying on top of those things. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what we got for you this week. I know we've said it before. Patreon's relaunching November 1st. We're going to have some new content coming out there we as well indeed. as our entire backlog for anybody that wants to join our $5 upstairs tier. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go into the depth. The the detail of explaining what the tiers are. It's all in that bonus episode we put out a couple weeks ago of uh, Dirty Dancing. So check that out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. And we're available. Guess hit them hit with the plugs. Yeah. You, we're available on Instagram. You know, posting about once a week pretty much. Uh, commenting sometimes. I, I commented last week on um, someone who asked the, the – it was like one of the Edith Instagram accounts, and they asked who is her, her best uh, – Bo, was it Grigson, uh, Sir Anthony, or um, Birdie? Birdie, and uh, being the you know saucy people that we are, commenting on these things, or at least I am. I, I said uh, Drake uh, was was the the one. <laughs> Is it the farmer? That's the farmer who teaches her how to how to, how to <laughs> drive around a plow, a tractor, a tractor, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and, and and she or whoever this Instagram account person asked, why him? And I said because he taught, taught her how to drive a tractor, and then they just didn't respond. And blocked us, like all those <laughs> Down Abbey role-playing accounts on Twitter. Yeah, they, they didn't say anything, so that was that. But anyways, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're there. If you want to find our, our pinned tweet, a pinned tweet as that will link you to our T Public store, which has mm-hmm. our merch. Yep. And then uh, there's also uh, Gmail, uh, lordsgrantham at gmail.com, and that is that. Yeah, say hi. And as always, you know, if you haven't, leave us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts. We would mm-hmm. appreciate that very much. Yeah. Helps our algorithm if you like what we're doing. If you're picking up what we're putting down, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to spread that love forward. Yeah. So. And otherwise, we will see you next time. On the Lords of Grantham Podcast. Boom. <laughs>